Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 108 is entitled, The Story of Creation, Genesis 1-3, through Part 2. In this podcast, Lynn and I will analyze Genesis Chapter 2, which continues to relate the story of creation. We thank you for taking this journey with us. Notice that in chapter 2 of Genesis, the structure of the first six days is abandoned. In chapter 1, each day of the first six days begins the same way. And God said, And ends with, And the evening and the morning were the, Followed by the number of the day, first through sixth. In chapter 2, there is no evening and morning of creation. In fact, it begins with, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. It is perhaps illogical to assume that the Almighty ever stops creating. He is defined by his creations. However, we are dealing with only one story of creation, the Genesis story, which details the creation of earth and the people of the earth, which is each of us and its environment. It is as if God has finished the creation story specifically defined in Genesis. Even the language changes. Moses records, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Can we assume then that all the laws of creation related to our galaxy are in place and the earth will begin its evolutionary process? But something is missing, an incredibly important element, water. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. This is in Genesis 2, after the six days of creation. Nothing can live without water. There's only one conclusion that we can reach, and it is this. It suggests two creative periods, each with six days of creation. In the first creative period, all living things were first created spiritually and not temporally. They are governed strictly by spiritual laws. Temporal creation, or that creation which is governed both by spiritual laws, for all living things have a spirit, and temporal laws, for all living things must die, could not occur until after the rain started. The two creative periods that closely parallel each other are clearly set forth in Job. Job 38, 4-12 Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the sea with doors when it brake forth, 
as if it had issued out of the womb, when I made the cloud the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day springs to know his place? The morning stars refer to all the spirits created by God, waiting to come to earth to gain a physical body, patterned after our spirits, which are created in the image and likeness of God. The sons of God who shouted for joy emphasize the fact that all human beings on earth are sons and daughters, sons of God represented both sexes, of God. We all have a divine nature. That is why God is no respecter of persons. That is why he loves all of us equally. That is why he wants all of us to inherit the kingdom of heaven and live with him forever. He is our Father in heaven, and through his Son he created the earth for us. Now that the earth is watered and all those seeds begin to grow, living creatures can be placed on the earth. And following the parallelism of chapter 1, we can logically assume all creatures were placed on the earth in exactly the same order as they were before created, all in preparation for man. It is obvious that God takes pleasure in all of his creations. But of all of his creations, men and women, who are the only ones who are created in the image and likeness of God, are his greatest achievement. God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth and everything in it, including the animals. But something else is very interesting about Genesis chapter 2. The earth on which Adam and Eve are placed is sanctified. Adam and Eve are perfect. In the beginning, they lived in a sanctified state or an eternal Sabbath. There was no sin and no death. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. The earth remained sanctified until the fall. In Genesis chapter 2, Moses continues the story of the second creation. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Much is left out between verses 6 and 7, but it is assumed. We may look to Genesis for a chronology of events, but not for a time frame. We have no idea how many years separated the evening and morning that made up a day. A biblical day means a period of time, not 24 hours. Neither do we know how much time between days. Science places the age of the universe at over 14 billion years, and the earth at over 4 billion years. Science must work with the tools it has. Science can only operate under the temporal laws. They can know nothing about the spiritual creation of man simply using the scientific method. Verse 7 of Genesis 2 is incredibly revealing. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We can only assume from that verse that the first creation was spiritual and the second creation was temporal. Notice that after the physical body was created, his spirit was placed in his body. That is what breathe into his nostrils the breath of life means. It means placing his immortal spirit, which along with all other spirit children of God, was created on the sixth day in heaven. They had to wait for their time to come to earth. King Solomon said, Ecclesiastes 3, 1-2 to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, 
a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. That is why in Job we are told, When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. The story of creation began with Genesis, but did not end with Genesis, and will not end until every spirit child of God has a chance to come to earth to gain a physical body. Every time a new baby is born, it is a reenactment of the creation story. Each person is a new Adam or a new Eve. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy was probably the day that Adam and Eve were given physical bodies. For as spirits in heaven, we all knew that even in heaven, that we too would have our turn to come to earth and be given a physical body. It is interesting that Adam was not created in the Garden of Eden. He was created outside the Garden of Eden and then placed in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. It is also curious that Moses uses the verb created when speaking of the spiritual creation, but uses the verb formed when speaking of the temporal creation. It makes sense if we assume that we are the literal spirit children of God, and he is our father, which suggests that we also have a mother an ancient tradition in historical Christianity. We're given some details of the Garden of Eden. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is, it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. There is Belium and the Onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gion. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidekel, that is, it which goeth toward the east of Assyria and the fourth river is Euphrates. Once the Garden of Eden was completed, he placed Adam in it. Eve, of course, was not yet formed. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. It is at this point that the strangest part of the creation story occurs, an event that has puzzled man from the beginning. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Why was the tree of knowledge of good and evil placed in the Garden of Eden? Why wasn't it left out? The answer to that question is one of the most important questions in theology. The answer to the question must lie with the purpose of God in creating both man and the earth. Why didn't we all just remain as spirits in heaven without having the earth experience and be angels forever? The answer is key to everything that God does. In a word, it is agency. God is eternal. Everything that God creates is eternal, most especially men and women. Only men and women are in the image of God, and only men and women have complete agency. We may increase in light, knowledge, and intelligence, but we will never lose our identities. We are children of God on the pathway to eternal progression. 
How we progress is governed by eternal laws. Those laws are absolute and unchangeable. It is law that gives us free will and agency. Obedience to the laws of God increases our agency. Disobedience to the law decreases our agency. It is our choice. God protects our ability to succeed or fail. Without the tree of life next to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve would have had no agency. Agency means having a choice between good and evil. Without that choice, there is no agency. Without agency, there can be no growth. There can be no purpose. God was wisely absent when Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Had God remained in the Garden of Eden with them, even though the tree existed, there would still have been no choice. What was true for Adam and Eve is also true for us. God remains wisely invisible so that we can make our own choices. The next lesson we learn from the creation story is that God created both men and women, and marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God. Moses emphasizes that Adam and Eve were married by the hand of God. It is mentioned four times in the story of Genesis. 1. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not shamed. 2. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. 3. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Marriage between a man and a woman is part of the plan of creation. It was through families that God would send the rest of his children into the world. That law has never been and never will be rescinded. Gender is not a choice. It is ordained of God. 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. 2. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Before forming Eve, God forms animals in the Garden of Eden. Remember that Adam was not formed in the Garden of Eden, so we can assume that other animals had already been formed and roamed the earth. In the Garden of Eden, however, apparently a new breed of animal is formed, friendly to man, Moses records. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. We only know what Moses records. We do not know what life existed outside of Eden. 
But common sense says it would have been plentiful, for all the oceans were outside of Eden, as well as rivers and forests and plains and other vast territories. The story of the creation of Eve is even stranger than all the others. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. We know that Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. Was Eve formed from Adam's genetic makeup? We can only assume that she was, but probably not what clumsy man would call cloning. God understands all the laws of creation, for it was he who organized all laws, and he does nothing except through law. All laws, temporal and spiritual, were organized by God using self-existing matter and energy. No miracle of God has ever violated law. All of creation depends upon that eternal truth. God is a creator and organizer. He is not a magician. Please join us next Wednesday as we complete the story of creation as told in Genesis. Also, join us on Mondays as we do Poets Corner, where we analyze world authors who demonstrate strong Christian themes. And also join us on Fridays, in which we analyze the New Testament. And please consider our library of over 500 podcasts. Invite your family and friends. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.